0: Today, we're going to be doing a special episode, a Healthcare AI edition of Buy or Sell. And be sure to follow the show on social media at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 17 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. How long until AI does the, these podcasts for us? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I think an AI version of me is probably going to be better than me. I, I think, but
0: uh, I don't think so. But I mean, that's—it's <laughs> really interesting to think about, though, right? Like, because AI doesn't have personality, but could it?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly think you know we've done an, uh, we've done an episode where we let the AI generate a few topic ideas for us. Yeah. Um, so it's not hard to think about. Well, one day it could be writing the script for us, right? And then we're just providing the color. So.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It, it, it's interesting though. There, there's the AI can't replicate, you know, the the interaction of two humans. Yeah, you know, I'm just imagining. Well, what's the value of conferences? It's a, it's at all the parties. It's all at the networking. It's connecting with people over food. And it's like AI can't do that, right? It's it's so <laughs> monotonous driven, right? Uh, maybe for good and bad, I in
1: some ways. At least today you can't, but uh, who knows what's going to happen down the road? But yeah, no, today's uh, today's uh, episode should be a lot of fun. You know, love doing these uh, buy sell episodes, and we, you know, AI is definitely the topic du jour. So it felt fitting to use that it's, as today's uh, central theme.
0: I guess that means we're buying AI. Has that...
1: I think we're buying <laughs> into the, the technology. Wave of <laughs> there's, there's no doubt that the technology is here, uh, and it's here to stay. It's just a question of well, what what aspects are really uh gonna be sticking around. So let's let's get to it, John. Let's hit it right off the top. One of your favorite topics, ambient clinical voice. Are you buying or selling that one?
0: Yeah. Well obviously you you prefaced it. It's one of my favorite topics. I'm definitely buying it. And you know it's funny because I bought it a year ago before uh, you know all the large language models really illustrated how powerful it's going and how quickly it's going. So you know, I, I I you know, what's nice is it's a confirmation of what my hope was. Uh, the question is, was it really knowledgeable uh, that this is happening? Although, you know to some extent, when you look at NLP and everything that was happening with it, you could see that this was on the horizon, this was going to happen. but did did it come a lot quicker with more accuracy than even I thought? Absolutely. So I'm hundred percent buying ambient clinical voice and it's going to transform, the clinical documentation for provider organizations. And the most exciting thing for me is the original versions had, you know, essentially a scribe in the background doing some of the work. Now we're to the point that it's all AI and that's beautiful because it drops the price of it, which is key to mass adoption of this. You know, you can easily see this even going into other countries that can't afford this technology. Usually, you know, with a pure AI bot for it, you could do that. And that's going to be powerful. Um, And then the second is that it's going to happen in real time. And that's the beauty of it. So, you know, I'm I'm buying all in. I think there is going to be an interesting battle uh, in, in this space. So we'll see how that plays out.
1: Uh, no, it's hard to disagree with you, right? i mean, an ambient clinical voice. It's such a time saver. You know, docs love it because of the workload reduction and the kind of returning back to the sort of era before EHRs, right? Where you're no longer staring at the video screens. You're more just valid, verifying things. Uh no, Evan, I'm I'm with you. And then yeah, I think the 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 advent of the or the more um, ubiquity of large language models has just made the the data and the awareness so much higher for this technology. So I agree. I, I think especially with some of the work that you know our favorite friends are doing in this area, like our friends over at Nuance, uh with their ambient clinical voice technology, uh, you know, you watching the demos, you just can't you look at it and go, Of course, this is what people want down the road. Well, you know, I think you're right. You know, and the beauty is there
0: is so many in the space, right? Uh, you mentioned Nuance, which is probably the leader. Suki's in there as well. You know, uh, On Point Healthcare Partners, Ambience Healthcare. I just interviewed Nabla out of France. You know, they're a really interesting one in this space, A Bridge, et cetera. I mean, there's so much innovation that's happening. You know, it, what's cool about this, and someone pointed this out, and I think they said it in a different way, but I was like, Wow, so if I'm a Suki user and I know how to use Suki to document the visit, then does it matter if you have Cerner Epic Meditech on the back end, whatever? And so in some ways with the whole workforce issues that we're facing, you know, a doctor that has never used Cerner and that goes to another hospital that has it, you know, and they're used to using Epic or vice versa, like that's a problem in some ways, right? And so then they have to get like a nurse to document for them or yeah, you know, it's been this challenge. Well, If it's all ambient clinical voice, whichever solution out there, you know that that doctor can practice anywhere. I, I thought that was a really interesting concept. It's like, yeah, you're abstracting the data collection and storage so that you don't even need the UI of the EHR to be able to document your visit. That's great for travel nurses. That's great for doctors that are are, are rounding in different places. So I thought that was an interesting evolution of this technology. And you know, it was. In, I think it was a uh, Nabl actually that I was talking to. And I think he described it as, hey, this is just the start. And, and, you know, I've been chewing on that. What does he mean by that, right? Uh, But it's true. If you have the interface of clinical documentation, there's going to be a whole platform of things that you can do on it, whether it's clinical decision support, whether it's prescribing, whether it's, you know, like all of those things happen at the interface of, you know, of, uh, documenting the visit with the ambient clinical voice. So what is that going to open up to them? That's going to be interesting. And I think he's right. It's just the start of what are they going to build on top of it? You know, are these ambient clinical voice companies going to become platforms? I know that's a dirty word sometimes, but, you know, (laughs) platforms for other innovators to do cool stuff on it as well.
1: Yeah, no, and it's interesting to think about that whole abstraction, you know, this is sort of absolve EHR companies from having to improve their UIs for data entry, right? Like, hey, rather than, you know, spending a ton of resources making those screens finally truly usable, let's just make sure we have a very good integration with these ambient clinical voice solutions out there. And because that's the preferred interface. Anyways, no one wants to be sitting there typing stuff into a screen, right? That isn't the, 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 the interface I would choose. So Interesting to think about. And and frankly, you know, doesn't matter if, if it's true or not, in terms of I don't have to learn it. I just, you know, as a doc, I would totally want this in my office. Like, who wouldn't want this?
0: Well, and we're seeing the first application, which is coding, right? Yeah. So that's essentially layering on top of it to do all the coding, right? And, and we see that on point comes from that because they are operational people that know how to do the coding. You know, 3M with the partnership with Amazon HealthScribe, they're doing that as well, right? Uh, because of course, 3M, you know, bought a modal which has a lot of coding engines and all sorts. Of, uh, 3M's acquired as well. So you know th- that that's interesting. You know that that makes sense, right? We all know, okay, the documentation is about billing as much as it is clinical workflows. But I think it's going to open up all these other opportunities
1: beyond just coding. Well, actually, let's talk about that then, John. The second uh, topic here, the use of AI bots for searching patient data. Because we've talked about getting the data into the EHR. Next thing, of course, is if I don't even want to have the interface, I need to find a way to get the data out of the EHR and present it back to the end user. What are you thinking? Are you buying or selling this technology?
0: It's a hard one because I love the technology because you know, using generative AI to summarize the 6,000 documents on the patient record, that I'm buying, right? So maybe that piece of the collection I'm going to buy that says, give me the summary or things like that. But I'm not sold that it's going to be a voice interface like the AI bot, you know, where, you you know, like, you know, Amazon, I can't say it because it will respond, but, you know, <laughs> or, you know, like I'm not sure that the voice is the right interface. Like, I mean, sure. In a surgery where you're, you know, done, maybe you do right. Hey, give me the last three lab results or, you know, you know, give me the allergies and verifying that with voice, you know, like that makes sense. But, I'm not totally sold on it, you know, Suki, you know, I talked with them yesterday, ironically, and and they think it is. And so they've integrated that as part of it, you know, and it's interesting in theirs because, oh, maybe you should do that because you can integrate it with the clinical documentation. Give me the last three lab results, insert those into the note, right? I mean, like that becomes an interesting interface, Uh, but I'm not so sold on it. I mean, we saw some of this from ECW, we saw it from Oracle Health at their user conference, this whole voice interface that says, hey, when are the next three appointments or what, you know, give me a summary of the the last three visits or or things like that. And so I, I think that's interesting to see, but are they going to do it voice or will that be clicks and and prompts?
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm buying this one, uh, but but not for the use case that you're talking about. So I agree, I, and I, it's unclear whether or not clinicians or people inside the hospital will want to be using this for you know retrieval of data, except in some cases, like you're mentioning, like in the OR or something. Uh, maybe in an ambulance, right? Where you know, sort of that you know, you got hands on. You don't want to be sitting there typing in something. But for me, the using an AI bot to search for patient data and then retrieving it, summarizing it, um, to me, that's a perfect use case for patients. So if I'm dialing in through the helpline, if I'm just want to get my lab results and I don't want to be go through the portal, well, my, my alternative today is dial that 1-800 number, talk to an agent, uh, and then they'll tell me, right? Or I have to connect with a nurse practitioner who will then tell me, right? But if there's an AI back there, I can just say, Hey, what, what were my last lab results? Or what what is, you know, what was this result? Can I get that? And, you know, I think that would save a lot of time and a lot of phone calls uh, and get the patients the information that they really want. So, I, I, like you, I totally agree with the concept of the technology. um, And I totally see this being very, very useful and actually really deployed in the patient-facing side of the house rather than the clinical side.
0: Yeah, you're right about the patients, and there are some cool companies on doing this. I saw one called Vital that uh, you know the guy built Mint.com, which is an interesting background. He came into healthcare, and he said, "How do we make?" The communication with the patient better. And and he had, they have a whole engine. You can try it out at their website. You know, it's free to use right now. And you input your patient info and it outputs it in uh, something that the patient can actually read. So it takes medical ease and translates it to patient ease or whatever you want to call it. So it's, uh, you know, a fascinating application of what you're saying, I think, which is, not just give me the the lab results or give me the whatever the you know but how do you summarize that in a way that's interesting to the patient so here's the evolution i've seen between actually our first two topics ambient clinical voice and this ai bot i actually think that we're going to be generating larger notes which doctors hate that idea, like we're going to have more data because the AI and the ambient clinical voice is going to be a capture everything and it's going to do it in a really you know, long-form way. And then from that, it's going to use the AI to create a clinical note, a billing note, a patient note, a nurse note, a specialist note, et cetera. So like it's going to take all of that data and the AI is going to create essentially a note, if you will, so that's our terminology today, that just is focused on that specific person in that specific situation. So, you know, to your point, the patient's going to receive a note that is actually readable for them.
1: Yeah, no, and it's, again, interesting you say that because we talked about the whole idea of voice abstracting the need for the GUI. Uh, This kind of AI voice interface is going to essentially remove the necessity of brevity. Right. Like there's now no longer with infinite storage and with the ability to summarize all these things using AI that we trust. I'm I'm not sure we're hundred percent there yet, but when we get there, I mean, like, well, I, I can totally put it in a seven page note or I don't even know it's seven pages. Yeah. But it's just going to happen automatically. Thing. Exactly. So, so in a weird way, I think you're right. We're going to balloon the size and the amount of health data that we're collecting because We've abstracted ourselves from it, right? We're going to be totally dependent on these summaries, and I think it's a good thing because, as we know, you know, there's lots of companies out there, like Scanslated, is out there that inter- helps people interpret radiology results, right, in a human-readable, uh, layperson format. Uh, all these things are things that that people have done, and you can totally see that uh, use case for AI to explain. What does this uh, lab result actually mean for me as the patient, right? Like, so, so, what does that number really mean? Oh, it means I have to go and 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 do more on this diet. I have to exercise a little more. I or you know what? Hey, I'm doing great, right? But, but unless you know you're super familiar with those digits and those numbers, uh, you probably wouldn't know that just by having the AI bot read it to you. So, I agree. I think this technology is pretty exciting, and that's why I am definitely buying this one.
0: Yeah, well, hey, you know. It is going to blow up. And and to be fair, it's going to suck for a while, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, at the beginning, they're like, wait, you just made things worse. And, and they're right. It probably will get worse before it's better, but then it will get better.
1: Hopefully so. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we're doing a special healthcare AI edition of Buy or Sell. All right. On to topic number three, John diagnostic AI. You buying this one or are you selling it?
0: (laughs) So there's one buzzword that's a sub of AI that, uh, you know, and and I've heard people even describe it. AI is not artificial intelligence. It's augmented intelligence. Uh, You know, the other one that's coming in in vogue that we're going to be sick of is the word copilot. You know, that, uh, you know, is fair, right? Everyone's looking at AI as a copilot, not the pilot. And so that applies extremely (laughs) well to the diagnostic AI space, right? Um, So I'm buying this. I think it's going to be powerful, actually. When you look at what's happening with the diagnosis, especially with medical images, And and the way it's evaluating medical images, it's evaluating lab data, you know, other sensor data that's happening, the AI that's happening diagnostically there is so fascinating Uh, you know, I think of, of a company Ibex that I saw in Israel. Uh, you know, and the, what they're doing with medical imaging. And and of course they're taking a very, you know, a a slice of it, right? (laughs) Like, because, but that's the thing is there's so many slices. There's so many opportunities for this to, to solve the problem and be better than the radiologist and and to improve the radiologist, which that's what everyone's doing, right? They're, they're co-piloting the radiologist or the doctor, you know, it's so powerful I'm excited about what's happening, especially when it comes to the quality data like images or labs. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little less, you know, I'm, I'm not buying as much that diagnosis, diagnostic stuff's going to happen. On top of the ambient clinical voice that we just talked about, right? Uh let, let's save a little time for that. Sure, it's gonna bubble up some things. It's gonna be a nice co-pilot to the doctor uh for certain things. And so, you know, maybe we'll find some edge diagnoses. But you know, when it comes to imaging, I'm buying diagnostic AI. And if, if doctors and radiologists don't embrace it, it will replace them.
1: Oh, uh, this is interesting. I, I am sort of selling this one. Um, this diagnostic imaging. I, I now this doesn't mean I don't think it'll be implemented. I think it's going to be implemented. I think people will want to use this, especially as you just said in the world of imaging. Ah, uh, to help co-pilot and identify. Hey, you know, prioritize. We've heard it to help prioritize that inbox. So rather than first in, first out, you know, have the AI kind of scan those images, literally uh, look for anomalies, and go, hey, this one seems a little something seems to be a little abnormal. But this one, prioritize this one. I totally understand that it's not doing the diagnosis. It's just helping you buying into that side. But I just think we are heading for that trough. And what I mean by that trough of disillusionment or that trough of of disbelief is that I have no idea, nor do docs have any idea, what are these AI tools trained on? Are these all white guys, you know, and you know that are like forty five, living in you know affluent America, uh, or 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 vice versa? It was was this trained on on different category of people, and so I think the universal applicability of the algorithm is going to come into question, and I don't think the industry is built to answer it yet. Because you know, as we've all heard, you can never have enough data. There's never going to be a big enough data set. So how do you build your AI algorithm to accommodate for all the variations of people? And so I think we're heading for that trough where somebody is going to unfortunately run into the lawsuit, right? Or is going to run into the problem where either they were... Uh, over-diagnosing or under-diagnosing and it's going to be realized, oh, there's a bias here. Look who, we're, look who we've undiagnosed or not diagnosed here. And that's when it's going to hit the fan and everyone's going to go, well, let's take a step back. Let's roll these back. Let's. So I think we're heading for that, unfortunately. Um, but it won't stop people from implementing it. Uh, I, but I think we're <laughs> heading for that.
0: Yeah, well, you, you just described my profile. So maybe I, I you know that that AI will work for me, but uh <laughs> but I actually uh you know two things. One is uh, I have a frisbee friend who's a radiologist, uh, ultimate frisbee friend and uh and he he says the AI sucks. He's like it's so bad. And but the problem is one it's going to improve much quicker than he realizes. Uh, and two Of course, the AI sucks compared to a human in certain cases. So his view is biased by his own, you know, because AI initially is stupid, right? (laughs) Like it makes stupid mistakes, but 95% of the time it's great, just like the other, right? And then the 5% is the stupid and the stupid is easy to glob onto and be like, wow, how could you do that AI? You know, a human wouldn't do that. And so, you know, he's biased by this 5%, you know, stupidity rate, if you will, for, for the AI. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's that's interesting to see. You know, but will he embrace it is interesting because he's been burnt a few times as he's kind of started to embrace it. So you know, we'll see how how that evolves for him and and, and for others that use this AI. Um, but I just think that you know, when you look at it from the health equity standpoint, I actually think AI could be a breakthrough for many health equity issues because it turns out you're comparing a bot that's going to be trained on biased data to a human who is trained in biased ways as well right so you know like the ai bot could discover other you know things that the you know and even patterns of our own humanity and how we're not treating people effectively and and so you know that's where it gives me some hope right is that the diagnostic ai if it does use the right data sets, right? And maybe even gets access to data sets and and realizes that, hey, as humans, we've been doing a poor job with certain populations, right? Uh, And maybe the AI could discover that and help improve us as humans.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, again, I'm not down on the technology long term. I think long term, we're heading here, right? But like, as you said before, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better for that, because I think we're just sort of blindly deploying it. But to your point, there are some cases where it makes great sense to do this. I mean, low acuity kind of diagnosis, uh, those types of things where you know the human being maybe isn't as good as or doesn't need to be have that super specialty. So I can totally see like I, there will be some very good use cases. But in general, I think we're heading for you know it's going to go down a- and get a little bit worse before we come back and go. Oh, okay, you know what? Now we know some limitations here. We can now work around it with the AIs we have, knowing these limitations, or we're going to code around it. Let's get some better data. So either way, it will it'll get better i agree with you over time
0: yeah, it'll get better. But, you know, there, there's the example you saw where someone used chat GPT to find a diagnosis, this obscure diagnosis for their child, and all the doctors couldn't figure it out. We're going to hear more stories like that. You know, I, I feel for doctors, though, because for every one of those stories, they're going to hear a hundred other stories where someone yeah. thinks they have some, you know, Rare cancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the doctor's like, no, you just have allergies, right? Or <laughs> whatever it might be, right? Uh, and so... You know, I think that that's going to be interesting to see how that evolves because, you know, Dr. Google is going to become Dr.
1: Chat GPT. In fact, it already is. Last topic, John, website chatbots. Are you buying or selling these?
0: I'm selling them because I think that healthcare is just too specific. And, uh, you know, I know I, I've met a lot of them and I get how they can stop some of the call center. And so maybe, you know, I guess there's a few call center places, you know, calls that might be benefiting from it. But I think that for the most part, we're going to go into it and feel really disappointed by the experience of the chat bot. Uh, you know, I say that interesting enough because I think, you know, I just got married and we were working on the ring and there was a question we had and we used a chat bot when we were doing the ring for my, for my marriage, like that. And it gave me the answer and she'd actually called in. I think she'd emailed them. She'd replied and hadn't got the response. And I said, well, let's try the website, do the chat bot on the website. It gave me the answer I needed. We got the ordering ordered. All that worked out fine, right? So I get that it can be, but I just think that most of the questions that patients are asking can't be answered by the chatbot, uh, and and so I, I don't know. I guess I I'm I'm selling this one, uh, you know. Although I, my guess is it's, there's going to be a chatbot in each one, but I'm selling it because it's going to be a dissatisfactory experience for for most that use it.
1: I uh, yeah, I'm totally opposite. <laughs> I'm totally buying into this one. Um, I, I, I do agree with you, though, that for some very complex needs, for some very complex questions, uh, it may not be suitable. But but I think chatbots in general wouldn't have been suitable for uh, that kind of person anyways.
0: Well, that's every patient. It's all complex. But,
1: <laughs> but I think the AI, but AI-enhanced chatbots, I think, can answer some pretty good questions, especially the ones that I've seen now that are integrating with the search bar. Right, like I just spoke with Orbita and and did an interview with with the CEO of Orbita, where she was talking about the fact that you know now when you go to a a healthcare organization's website, you go to the search and you say I'm looking for uh, you know a psychiatrist, I am looking for a cardiologist. Well, it uses AI to interpret. It knows who you are based on your IP address or maybe the fact you've logged into my you know the 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 my chart. And it goes, oh, okay, well, the reason why you're asking for this is probably this reason, so I'm going to bring you to this page or I'm going to deliver this information to you, right? So to me, well, I wasn't expecting, I'm not diverting anything from a call center, but I'm using AI to enhance your web experience. And to me, that can be very good. Instead of bringing me to a, some you know generic page that didn't have what I was looking for, I can now just type that in and have AI using a large language model plus NLP uh, really interpret for that for me. I'm actually very encouraged by that because I think actually that's a better uh, experience than what we have today. Hmm. But I think for and to your point, I think if I've got um, you know, if, that's, if I've got a loved one or if I've got myself so a few comorbidities, I've got multiple conditions, I'm seeing multiple doctors. I'm not sure a chat bot anyway, no matter how much AI is deployed on it, is really going to be the best thing for me. I need to speak to someone, I need to talk to a care navigator, right? But for simple things, uh, for simple questions, I think Westside chatbots are here. We've we've seen the data; it's proven that they divert enough calls. And in today's world, with the lack of resources and the lack of funding, I think this is a good thing.
0: Yeah. And I think of my friends at Hero, Hiro, however you pronounce it, uh, you know, another Israeli company, interestingly enough, uh, you know, like they're learning from the questions that are being asked and all that. Right. And so it will get better over time. And it's fine for the basic stuff. You know, I guess, you know, can you do what insurances do you cover? You know, could you schedule them an appointment? But the problem is, and maybe it's my own personal bias is I usually want to talk to someone like, do I need a 15 minute appointment? Should I see the, you know, the doctor, all of this. Right. And then you look at, you know, our, our system that's not value-based care, <laughs> you know, it, it makes chatbots harder as well. Right. Uh, you know, that decision often needs some, some feedback from a human. So but, you know, I, I think it's a bit of a challenge to do the breadth of questions that come in, uh, you know, from it. Like you said, I actually think they'll implement it. I just think it, I'm not sure how much it actually reduces the calls to the office and the need to to talk to a human. That That part I'm not sure about. No, I am excited about web chatbots that are sent out to like collect patient info, whether it's a survey info or their health data or those types of things. So I think chatbots there make a lot of sense. You know, hey, give me your blood pressure reading today. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. They do the blood pressure and send it back. Right. Like I think chatbots that do some of those things are like, how are you feeling today? And, and, you know, assessing that way. I think we're going to use chatbots for those types of things. Even like, have you paid your bill or do you need help? You know, are you able to do Right, A chatbot's perfect for that, to assess the information, gather the information that's needed for like, why didn't you pay your bill, So that then you can kind of put them into buckets and then, you know, escalate them to humans or whatever it might be. So I love chatbots for that. And, and, you know, we'll see it a little bit on websites, that type of function, but not as much.
1: Well, and on that note, John, I think we've had a good even split on this uh, episode, (laughs) but we've come to the end. (laughs) <laughs> hey, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on social media using the hashtag i I'm Colin Hong, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.